You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. All right, welcome back to the latest episode of the Financial Insights podcast. It's Monday, and thank goodness we're starting a new week. It Last week was rough. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, you've probably heard us talk about how we expected a little bit of a bumpy ride as we got into summer. And last week, the Dow had its worst week since January, uh, dropping more than 3%, really because of concerns about the direction of the Fed's monetary policy. So let's unpack this a little bit. Last week, the S&P 500 was down about a percent and a half. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down a little bit more than 3%. The Russell 2000 small caps were down about four and a quarter percent. But the NASDAQ, which is kind of the tech stocks, were actually essentially flat, up one hundredth of a percent for last week. So I think we can just more broadly say that the major U.S. markets ended the week mostly lower, and this was really because of inflation concerns, hawkish FOMC or Fed Open Market Committee, that signaled an increase in rates that might come sooner than expected. International markets, uh, both developed and emerging markets, weren't immune to the Fed's message last week either. Uh, They both finished lower, and really the only sectors that outpaced the broad-based S&P 500 were the information technology and consumer discretionary sector. So when when one thinks of consumer discretionary, products like home furnishings, electronics, maybe jewelry come to mind, but would Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com come to mind? How about Tesla? The two biggest holdings for the S&P 500 consumer discretionary sector are actually Amazon and Tesla. And given their hefty combined weighting of 37% of the index, the performance of these two companies plays a major role in the performance of the consumer discretionary sector. So that's something interesting to keep in mind as we talk about these different categories. You Sometimes, as I've said before, it pays to slice the bologna a little thinner, figure out what's going on inside there. Looking over to Europe, the MSCI Europe index has gained more than 10% for the last three months. With the exception of real estate, natural gas, and oil, that index has been a top performer over that period. Uh, the Euro stock 600 missed reaching its fifth straight weekly gain last week, which would have marked its longest winning streak in nearly 15 years. Europe stocks are looking increasingly attractive, really because Europe's made further progress containing the COVID-19 uh, virus, which in addition to an improving environment for value equities, uh, really, really makes Europe start to look attractive. Uh, we're also talking earnings, earnings, earnings for last week. Earnings for the S&P 500 were expected to grow by a very solidly 35% in 2021, which is over 15% higher than what was originally expected at the beginning of 2021. Developed international earnings growth may be even better with 38% earnings growth for the MSCI EFI this year. It's almost 20% more than what was expected in January of 2021. In addition, emerging market equities were revised only 16% higher this year, but the earnings for the MSCI Emerging Market Index are expected to climb over 40% higher in 2021 based on consensus estimates from FactSet. We're talking a lot of stocks here, uh, but let's kind of recap fixed income or bonds for last week. The Bloomberg Barclays Aggregate Index lost ground last week as the yields increased. Uh, Many fixed income sectors moved really in lockstep. High yield bonds lost a little bit less ground compared to the other bond categories. 
And the sector really kind of continues to be a best performer uh, by far, really, year to date for, for, uh, for fixed income. Let's talk U.S. economic data quickly. Uh, let's start with inflation, which is really something that's on the minds of everybody. Uh, LPL research sees inflation potentially reading, reaching upwards of 3% this year. But I think they believe, and really we believe here at Ford Financial Group, that inflation will eventually return to normal trends. Uh, the market appears to really not be concerned about inflation, given the 10-year Treasury yield peaked in March. Uh, if the market was concerned, I really think that the 10-year Treasury yield would actually be higher than where it is. We'll dig later in, later on in this podcast, we'll dig uh, more into the idea of inflation and what's going on and why maybe inflation work, worries kind of may have already peaked. Um, a lot of what was talked about last week, though, also was the Federal Reserve and that the Federal Reserve concluded the Federal Open Market Committee meeting on Wednesday last week. And as most people expected, they didn't really make any changes to current monetary policy. That being said, more Fed members expect a expect two quarter point interest rate hikes in 2023, which is a bit of a revision higher than what most people expected. And frankly, that contributed to these drops that we've had last week kind of on the broad indices. Some good news, however, though, the conference board released its leading economic index, or LEI, for May this past week, and the LEI increased 1% month over month, which actually represents the third straight month in which the index increased sharply following what was a pretty weak winter. Uh, We've talked before about the leading economic index and how it's a really good indicator of what's coming economically as we go further down the road. We'll finish quickly here on this recap with initial jobless claims. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, initial filings for unemployment benefits increased for the first time since April, with over 410,000 Americans filing claims. A consensus of Bloomberg surveyed economists expected 360,000 new filings. Moreover, continuing claims missed expectations, but were flat compared to the revised total for the prior week. So let's stop right there with the recap and dig into inflation and why perhaps inflation worries have just peaked. As nearly everyone now knows, inflation soared over the past few months with the May Consumer Price Index, or CPI, coming in at 5% year over year. Um, That's the highest since 2008. And while core CPI, which excludes food and energy, was at 3.8%, that's actually the highest since 1992. The Bloomberg consensus is calling for 3.4% headline CPI this year, which has many worried about potentially runaway inflation. We don't think that's going to happen, and I don't think LPL research thinks that's going to happen. We'd side with the actual number coming down than the the, the current uh, consensus. So how much has inflation been in the news? A recent CNBC survey noted that inflation worries are now investors' biggest worry, topping pandemic worries for the first time in 15 months. Add to that, there's a Google trend. Uh, you can I'll post the, the link in the show notes. But it the Google trends shows that search for the word inflation have never been higher going all the way back to 2004, which is as far back as the data goes, which again suggests that higher inflation shouldn't be a surprise because everyone is worried about it. So first off, why is inflation higher? Well, record stimulus, big economic recovery, major supply chain issues, a surprisingly tight labor market, and negative CPI this time a year ago, so the baseline's very low. These are all kind of cumulate into the reasons why we have higher inflation. 
we've said this a bunch of times in the last few months that the jump in inflation, the Federal Reserve thinks is transitory, and we kind of feel the same way here too. Uh, we think inflation is going to kind of come back to trend by the time we are mid-2022. Many of the big picture things that kept a lid on inflation for more than a decade are still in place. And I think that's really why um, some of our worries here are tempered a bit. Uh, Things like technological innovation, globalization, the Amazon effect, increased productivity and efficiency, automation, high debt, actually, which puts downward pressure on inflation. All these things are still firmly in play and should help keep inflation in check this year and beyond and into 2022 and 2023. Um, You know, even the uh, LPL financial chief market strategist, uh, Ryan Dietrich said, yes, this year you could see some inflation upwards of 3% or a tad more, but that isn't exactly runaway inflation from the 2% inflation rate we saw most of the last decade. Uh, Coming out of the worst recession we've seen in our lifetime, it makes sense that inflation could run hotter this year and maybe even into 2022 but the likelihood that we have a 1970s style inflation surge is quite slim, end quote. So what does the market think? Well, odds are nearly everyone realized inflation is higher as the Google Trends data showed. So in case you don't like to Google things or just go out and get gas and head to the grocery store, you're going to see higher prices. That's no secret. But the market has a funny way of looking ahead and pricing things in, events in, well before most people understand why it's going on. There very well could be a major peak in inflation fears, but the market may have already started to move on from this worry. So think about it. If the market was truly worried about inflation, would rates drop in the face of that scary CPI data? Uh, Probably not. What about lumber? Everybody knows lumber prices have been higher But did you know that they peaked on May 7th and have crashed 40% recently? Yet another sign that inflation worries have peaked. Corn and soybeans appear to also have peaked on May 7th. Uh, And we can link some charts or you can check out our blog on FordFG.com slash blog where we'll – you can see in our um, inflation post where we've posted – uh, the treasury yield, lumber, corn, soybeans, and so on. Even coppers peaked out recently on May 11th. It seems, it, we posted one of our charts of the day, that 10-year break-evens, which are a measure of market-implied inflation expectations, um, they actually peaked around the same time that Barron's had a magazine cover talking about inflation. So in other words, inflation fever gripped us back in May, And just as quickly, the market priced it in and then stopped worrying about it all that much. Uh, It's noteworthy that the 10-year break-even rate measures the difference or gap between the 10-year Treasury bond and Treasury inflation-protected securities. And the 10-year break-even rate serves as an indication of market's inflation expectations over the 10-year horizon. Wrapping it up, what does it all mean? There are clear signs that higher inflation is priced into the market. Yes, we're going to get higher inflation, but Is it a surprise to anybody at this point? No, it can't be. Uh, If everybody isn't expecting it, how is it a surprise? Um, That's like being surprised that Christmas shows up on December 25th. I mean, we're all expecting it. We're seeing it happen in real time. It's not catching anybody flat-footed. And based on some of the things that we just discussed, it appears, though, the market has priced this inflation, these inflation numbers in a few months ago and has maybe even moved on from that. So if you have questions about inflation, questions about how inflation may affect your portfolio, I would encourage you 
give our office a call. Talk to your financial advisor. If you're not working with a financial advisor, you can email us at info at FordFG.com, and we'd be happy to answer your questions or have you in for a meeting. I will leave it there. Have a fantastic week. Uh, If you are in the Central Valley of California like we are, you are probably roasting right now, so try and stay cool. And I look forward to talking to you next week. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.